Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I know we've been here a whole lot in the last four years. And it's almost inexhaustible because of the different things that are in here and the different ways you can look at it and see it. And as we, as I looked at it again today, I'm like, that's been there the whole time. And I don't think I've ever seen it that way and, and preached it this way, but necessarily. But um, we've dealt with uh, the sacrifice in the past and so on and so forth. But based on this morning's message, and I did have this as a reference, but we didn't ever go there. Uh, that will of God, that last verse, that last phrase there in verse number two. Uh, we'll read this and pray and then get into this and then we'll have our conference. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the day, and thank you, Lord, for the Word of God, and as we look into it again, and Lord, we've been here many times these last four years, it seems like uh, these scriptures, I know uh, just where you had us to hopefully get us to look to ourselves, and as we see here again tonight, our bodies and our minds uh, being conformable uh, to your will, to being conformable to your uh, molding and your making us to be conformed to the image of Christ, as we read uh, in Romans 8, we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord, as we look here again tonight, that you would uh, show us uh, these things afresh, and Lord, help us to examine ourselves uh, that we might be transformed uh, to your perfect will. And we ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake, amen and amen. When we've looked in the past, you know, we've dealt with, uh, again, we've dealt with the living sacrifice in our bodies, and of course, uh, you know, I've never really broke down the fact that Romans 1, uh, 12, 1 talks about our bodies. And I, I just mentioned, I highlighted the word bodies here in my notes, and then uh, how as a living sacrifice, and I'm not going to dwell upon these things, uh, uh, that our bodies should be holy. Our bodies should be acceptable unto God. And then I've underlined reasonable as well. Uh, that is our reasonable service, that our bodies, and uh, maybe in the, in, we'll look back at it again in, in the light of... Um, Sanctification, we could see that, uh, and we've already dealt with it a whole lot, uh, especially when we went through Peter, uh, how that we are to be holy as he is holy, and so on and so forth. Uh, and then, and, and, but then in verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, and I, I have had and didn't put that, that particular definition again, conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, that's a, uh, uh, that is a, a total uh, transformation away from our, uh, our flesh into something new. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's dealing with our mind in verse number 2. Uh, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've heard preachers... Uh, don't I'll be careful here. Falsely preach, I guess. 
that word falsely, I wanted to be careful there. I've heard men handle this verse in messages of the past. Here's a better way to put it. Mishandle this verse in messages of the past in saying that because of the three words good, acceptable, and perfect, there are three wheels. And the way that they dealt with it, mishandling it, that there was a good wheel of God that we could fall into. And then there was an acceptable wheel where where it's not exactly where we ought to be, but God lets us get by with it. And I've heard it preached that way. Think about that with your children. It is the will of the Father that my children conform to my rules at my house. And oftentimes we, as parents, whether it's distractions, well, let me just go ahead and throw that one in because I've seen this in the last, what, 15 years? 10 years, more and more this thing got popular. Here's, here's the parents. Their kids are going, <laughs> and what, you know, and, and that's where they're, they're distracted, whether it's something like this or other distractions in life, you're busy or whatever, whatever, and what normally your children wouldn't get by with because of distractions in the parenthood's, the parents' lives, they slip, they, they, they can get by. They get by maybe once or twice, and then they think they can get by later with it, but then by that time you're not distracted and you correct it again. But God's not that way. God has a will, and we're going to see it in that conforming and that transforming and that, that perfect will of God. He's, he's given us what his will is right here. And we're going to see that in, in conforming and lining up with and, uh, and with his precepts in that. But, you know, it's, it's not that we're, you know, that we're running on the edge and he's saying, oh, we know that they're just flesh. No, 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 no. That's not the way. And I've heard it preached that way. Just something that we, we know better, but he's just going to let us get by. And then they say the perfect will. That's when we all line up. And that's not the way that it is. It is, it, the, the word, uh, <clears throat> anyway, so it's one will that we're to line up with. And it's the will of God, but the will of God is good. The will of God is acceptable, and the will of God is perfect. And I'm looking at those words individually tonight in light of this morning's message and how that we ought to be transformed, not conformed to this world, and without saying it, but he says, be not conformed to this world, but we are to be conformed to what? To the image of his son, right? Here in Romans 8, again, 28, 29, 30, 
28-29, there it is, 29. We, we dealt with this, I just mentioned it the other day, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we're not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be conformed to the image of His Son. So there's the, there's the two sides of the coin. He doesn't say that here in chapter 12, but he says it in chapter 8. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is the perfect will of God, the good perfect will, the acceptable perfect will, and the, uh, the perfect, I mean, the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, there we go, and the perfect will of God that we conform to his, the image of his Son. The only way to do that is to realign our minds, to, to change our thinking to that end. Good. Valid. Legally firm. Not weak or defective. Having strength adequate to support, adequate to its support as a good title, a good deed. I like the third, the third one here, and we're going to do this one and then go to Genesis 1. Well, I'll mention Genesis 1.31. Complete. So, looking at the, the definition of good, it means complete or sufficiently perfect in its kind. Having the physical qualities best adapted to its design and use. And design and use. All right, so Genesis 1.31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And so he saw everything he had made. This is before the fall. Everything that he had made based on this definition of good was complete. He finished his creation. He looked at everything and he said, it's very good. He looked at everything and said, complete, sufficiently perfect in his kind. He looked at all the things he had made, perfect. Having the physical qualities best adapted to its design and use. He said, yeah, I made, I made the, I'm just throwing it out there, I made the yucca moth. And I made the yucca plant. And I made the yucca moth to eat on the yucca plant, but also the moth in, in doing the thing with the yucca plant, then it, it pollinates the yucca plant. And they are dependent on each other. That's why this evolutionary theory that a gazillion years ago, or whatever, however million, million years ago that God made the plants, and then later on, so many years ago, we made the, the yucca moth, it don't work that way. Because they are totally dependent on each other. He made them to work. And he said it was, as he put it here in the definition, having the physical qualities best adapted to his design and use. He had this design for this use and this design for this use. It was perfect in its ability. And he said, it's good. It's very good. 
So taking that, complete, sufficiently perfect in its kind, we are to, are to look at the will of God as to be exactly that, complete. And we are to transform the, our, uh, the renewing of our, our mind that we may prove. That's a key word right there in that verse. And we prove some things through the Holy Spirit. We'll see that in a minute. In His guiding our lives, but we also prove some things by the Word of God. And lining up and conforming to this, that we may know the will of God. We talked about the will of God this morning. But oftentimes, because especially, especially if we as children of God do transform our mind to get into that mindset of, of desiring to be in the perfect will of God in every aspect of our life, every decision that we make, then the devil will send some counterfeits. The devil will send some things, distractions along the way that will say, you know, look here. This is good. This is for you. That will be a better job. Look at how much you can do for your family over here. And you say, the flesh will say, yes, I could. But you've got to be very careful to say, but is it the will of God? Is this a nice place to live? Yes, it is. But is it the will of God? Lots of times, one of the ways to um, what's the one we're looking for? One of the ways that we might avoid, there's a good way, avoid falling into those traps is to not get too hasty in our decisions. Like I pointed out before, while we were living in Sarah's house, and I appreciated how all that worked out. It's just work and wonderful how that the church provided. It worked out for Sarah and, and Joe and the church provided for us when we first moved out here. We got a, a feel of the land, a feel of the, you know, the, the area, you know, and we looked. I didn't know how in the world, but God provided that too. But we did look at some places. We looked at a place up in Jones, nice house, big house, older house, but, you know, in, in talking with the fella, yeah, the water here in the back has come up to about right there. I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> I don't, you know, anyway. And, I mean, you, you, it, was a, it was one of those places where, you know, your mind's rolling and, I mean, you could have, you could, you're, you had a whole master suite down on this end and had plenty of bathrooms and bedrooms at the other end and, you know, that you could host people in. And that's where my mind was thinking. Had some space on each side and so on and so forth. And there was another place that we kind of semi called about. And then once we bought this building as a church, then, you know, looked at that little place right there next to us that's, that's you know, unlivable. And I thought, well, if I track, you know, it's two acres, it's kind of narrow, not really what I'm looking for, but it is convenient. Knock that place down. That's my mind thinking. But in just waiting, 
or God's will. And then God made a way, and God gave us what he wanted. And it's what we wanted as far as not the long, narrow two acres, but a more rectangle two acres. I like it. And it's perfect. And oftentimes when you're seeking God's will in a vehicle, you're seeking God's will in a spouse, you're seeking God's will in whatever, a job, a place to live, all the different things that, that we in life have to make decisions about, when we seek God's will, the devil will send those distractions. The devil will send those other options. And we can jump on them and we can just get totally out of the will of God so fast. It's not funny. In fact, Brother Hall, bless his heart, <laughs> he likes cars. He likes, to, he likes them Buicks. And he's had about one of every kind of Buick, I think, almost, that are out there. And he, he traded often in the years that I've known him. He had a Buick Century and a Buick uh, Roadmaster. I loved that car. That was a great car. He had uh, the Buick Park Avenue. He had uh, all the, you know, all the, and he got a wild hair. Again, not waiting. Seen this little, little red Buick Regal. It likes red. He said, this little red Buick Regal down on the lot. And uh, he said, you know, just told Mrs. Hall, I'm going to go buy a car. Mrs. Hall, been married to him all those now. Okay, whatever. You know, one of those deals. So he goes, without praying about it, he just went in and just made a, a hasty, quick purchase. And he said, I knew, you know, how the, the ramp, out the parking lot, out to the road. He goes, I knew when I drove it off the lot that that wasn't God's will for my life. And he goes, boy, I done made the decision hastily. And it wasn't too awful long. A little 16-year-old that hadn't had his license too awful long pulled out in front of him, and they T-boned him, and there was the regal gone. And, you know, Mrs. Hall was injured a little bit and uh, so on and so forth, but the car was totaled, and he said it was a lesson in his life of just getting too hasty in our decisions. And I learned from other people. I try to learn from other people's mistakes. Sometimes I make mistakes of my own, but I've I heard that, and I've watched it, and I've seen it all transpire. But he, he used that several times when he drove off the lot that he knew he shouldn't have bought that car. And like I said, the devil will send these distractions, these other, these other uh, choices when you're trying to seek God's will. And that word prove there's a way to prove it, and we're to do that, transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove. We're to look for God's will. God's will is good, and it's good for our life. It's complete for our life. It's sufficiently perfect for our life. If we will just seek it. Then the word acceptable. The definition, only the definition I put down was 
out of the couple that was there, that that may be received with pleasure, hence pleasing to a receiver, gratifying as an acceptable present. So we're looking for God's goodwill in our lives. We're looking for God's acceptable will. Again, pleasing to the receiver. His will is pleasing to us. And us lining up with his, his will is pleasing to him. You ask your children to do something, you give them specific directions and orders, you come home and they've done it exactly the way you wanted it done when you wanted it done. That's acceptable. <laughs> but you give them the orders and you give them the time frame to get it done and they wanted to do it their way. <laughs> and it doesn't line up just exactly like it would have if they had followed your directions. And it turns out wrong and it's, it's, it's incomplete, it's insufficient, it's not pleasing, it's not acceptable, it just won't work. There's kind of a running joke. I read instructions. Yes, I'm one of the rare men that do that. Open a box, I pull out the book first. It says I should have all these parts there in the front. I check all my parts. I'm rare, I know. And I've taught my children to do the same thing. Rebecca up in Muskogee. She has a husband that's not like that. I don't need the instructions. Let's just put it together. Wait a minute. I've got some extra parts here. Or it's not working just right. And he goes off to work. And then, leave, and then Rebecca gets the instructions, reads the instructions, fixes it. I got it to work here, honey. How'd you do that? What was wrong? How'd you do that? I read the instructions. Made it acceptable. Because it works. It works accordingly. It works. Why? Because she read the instructions. Put it together properly. And we're to prove that acceptable will. What is acceptable to God? What is, as it says, what, what will make him receive us with pleasure? And then why, what is his will that we would receive with pleasure? It's a two-way street. If we're perfectly lined with God and his will, then it's pleasure for both of us. He's pleased, and that's one of the words that I'm using now instead of proud. I fought with it for years because we dealt with pride back in June. I don't like that word. God don't like that word. Don't, God don't like that, that, that action. God don't like that in our lives. And my children understand that. I know I've said this already. More and more, you know, there's things that my, that my children do that pleases me. The Father. There's some things that they do that displeases the Father, me. But it pleased God to bruise his son. He didn't say, I'm proud of my son for going to the cross. No. I'm proud of your accomplishments, Jesus. No, he says, I'm pleased. And based on that example, that's one word I've been trying to, and I, you know, I'll pick up greeting cards. 
In fact, I just picked one up for a birthday card for Elizabeth. Her birthday was Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. And, you know, she is a special, she's my firstborn, but <laughs> she has got some special talents that God's given her. And this card was perfect, except for the word proud. Oftentimes, I'll pick it up, I see the word proud, put it back down. You know, and all these birthday cards, proud son, you know, proud of you, son, for what, you know, proud, proud, proud. And I'm like, nope. This one had the word, everything else fit except that word. I got it home, crossed it out, <laughs> and I put pleased with your accomplishments. Acceptable. And then, let's just, in Romans 14, 15, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, we see it a couple of times, this word acceptable. Romans 14, 15, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, thou walkest, uh, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that, uh, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. All right, so what things... What, this is verse number 18 talking about. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God. The things are listed there at the end of verse 17. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those are the things that we are to conform our mind to, to be acceptable, to find that acceptable will of God in our life. It says it right there, acceptable to God. If we will conform our minds that to righteousness and or transform our minds, I should say, to righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, which all those qualities are found in the conformity of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are a light. In the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving, there's that word again, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Again, goodness and righteousness and truth. And the Spirit, we see in both of these, the Holy Ghost there in verse 17 of Romans 14 and the fruit of the Spirit, verse number 9 of Ephesians 5, the Spirit proves to us what is acceptable? Just like when Brother Hall drove off the lot. It was the Spirit of God that said, I didn't warrant this. You didn't buy this in my will. You didn't seek my will for this. Brother Wayne Smith, I seen him. It was like a reunion, but we wished it was, you know, how it is, you go to a funeral and you're like, I haven't seen you in years, and I, I wish it was under better circumstances. And that's the way it was at, at Island Ford. I've seen people from 
Island Ford gone, pa- gone by, just good friends, and, um, and just all the memories that we shared one with another, hadn't seen folks in years, Brother Aaron Wells, or two of the, you know, his parent, his dad and mom was there, and then so was his in-laws, and uh, just the memories. Brother Wayne Smith is one of them who also bought a vehicle out of the will of God, and he used it. One of the examples, he said, I will, you know, I always pray about my vehicles. I don't know why I'm on this vehicle. Somebody in here is looking for a vehicle. <laughs> but I, we should apply all over across of our lives, looking for and proving, and the Holy Spirit that will guide us and direct us, and then, you know, what is good, what is that good will of God, what is, what is complete, sufficiently perfect, what is, what is received with pleasure from God. Looking for that. We're to prove that. And then the perfect, finished, complete, consummate, not defective, having all that is requisite to, the nat- to its nature and kind as a perfect statue, a perfect likeness, a perfect work, or a perfect system. So finish complete. So again, so good will of God, acceptable will of God, perfect will of God, all these are one will, but they're all these things. In Matthew 5, 48, be ye perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. John 17, 23, Brother Glenn just dealt with that. I in them and thou in me that they may be perfect in one that they may be made, they, talking about us, the ones that God had given him, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me, being conformed to the image of his Son, not conformed to the world, transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove what is that good and that uh, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Ephesians 4.11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and, some te- and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that w- till, uh, till we all come in unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. We're to be transformed, our mind, transforming our mind that we may prove what is that will of perfect, all those good, good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Again, being conformed to his image and not to the world, which goes to the sanctification, which we've kind of been tippy-toeing around for a while. We'll be there Wednesday night. And to a perfect man, uh, uh, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's who we've got to measure up to. Lining up with his with God's will will line us up in the stature of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Again, the devil's got his counterfeits, the devil's got his options. If you're looking for the will of God, he's got a whole bunch of things out there. But you got to patience 
Don't get too hasty in your decisions. Make it a matter of prayer. Prove. Again, if we, we, we try the spirits, like the Bible tells us to, and make sure that it is God's spirit that's telling you, that giving you the okay and not the flesh, some other spirit that comes up with all the reasons why this is good. You go back to Genesis when Eve was tempted in the garden. That's the example. The serpent beguiled Eve, gave her all the reasons why that was good. But that wasn't God's will. That was against God's will. One commandment, don't eat of that tree. All the other trees and herbs of the garden you can have. But that one tree, don't eat of it. But Satan come along and gave her all the other reasons. Oh, look, it's good for food. It'll make you wise. And that's exactly the way it is when you're seeking God's will in your life. You're, you got all these good, acceptable, and perfect will of God that we can fall into. But he'll say, look at this one over here. You can better yourself. You can earn a gazillion dollars. In, but, you know, I heard a preacher preach on the radio somewhere along the way these last couple of weeks. Again, it's been a blur. But he was dealing with the, I don't know who it was now. It was, um, yeah, a fellow out of Evansville. I'd like to meet him one of these days. Um, but he was, uh, Preaching, and he talks about just finding, like, being tempted with a job. And you're, you know, as a man, you're saying, I could do this and this and this and this and this, but it'll move you away from your town, and it'll move you away from your church. And you look for everything else but a church. Is there a church that preaches straight down there? I, got, I can do this for my family and this for my family and this for my family and this for my family, but is there a church for your family down there that teaches the truth, preaches the truth? Again, options that the devil will, will provide for you when you're seeking his will. Ephesians 5, uh, 4, 15. But speaking, yeah, let's see. Oh, yeah. Waiting to deceive. I didn't finish this, uh, I had a space there, and it caused me to stop reading. Let me back up. Till we come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Often, I mean, I've seen that semicolon, and I'm like, I wouldn't have stopped there. But I just put an extra space there. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we're growing up into him. Again, conforming to him. From whom the whole body fitly joined together, joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. In love, period. There it is. In 2 Timothy 3, 
13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from, and from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So we see how the Holy Ghost, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, there in Ephesians 9, uh, in, uh, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable. So we, it's provable, prove what, it, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We prove Him by the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Again, Romans 14 and Ephesians 5, we dealt with that. But then here, we dealt with that perfect, that perfect will of God, lining up with the Scriptures here in, in 2 Timothy. He says, all Scripture, back up. And thou from a child, no, back up to 14. But continue thou in the things which thou have learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Be careful who you listen to. <laughs> knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I know a young man that got tangled up listening on the internet to a very flamboyant and charismatic fella that's leading a movement. So know who you know, know whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith. So beyond salvation, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. So the Spirit of God will help us prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God, and the scriptures also will help us to understand and know and prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've heard, I'm trying to think, uh, and, I, and this, you got to be careful here because I've heard preachers talk about having a verse You know, I don't need a voice when I've got a verse. But I, I, I can take the Bible, and that's where you got to be careful here, and I can make a verse, make it what I want <laughs> my, will, uh, my will to be. You know what I'm saying? And that's where you got to be careful. But I understand where they're coming from on the positive side. Brother Hall, seeking God's will, he was out in, out in Arizona. He started the Sun and Shield Baptist Church, which is where I'm at, Lisa. They started in a home, I think, and then they went to a motel conference room, and then they went to an old boys club, and then they went to a Seventh-day Adventist church. They wasn't using it on Sundays, and uh, then they went, then uh, eventually, uh, maybe, the, then 
the church congregation was given a building in Marana, Oklahoma, still going. They're on their third pastor. Brother Hall was the first. Uh, a man from North Carolina was the second. An associate pastor raised up in the church and now has become their third pastor. And um, still going strong, still doing a good job. And But when, brother, when, the, when God was dealing with Brother Hall about well, actually, Brother Hall had been contacted by a man at Island Ford uh, about candidating for the church. I don't know how he got his name or anything like that. I can't remember that part of the story. But Brother Hall was seeking God's will. <clears throat> he started the church out there. Things were going pretty good for him. But as he was praying about it, seeking God's will in that, God did give him a verse, and he... He went to Madisonville, Kentucky, based on that verse of Scripture. As he was praying and seeking, of course, the Spirit of God helped him to prove his will, but then the Word of God helped him to prove his will. He hung on that verse for all those years. That He knew that he was in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I've seen him fight the battles. I've seen people try to just... Secret meetings... You know, behind-the-scenes meetings, meeting with church members to try to overthrow Brother Hall and so on and so forth and run him off and take over and, and all that. But I've also seen those men fall and seen where some of the things that they fell into and wasn't very nice, it wasn't very good. God, he hung on to that verse. He was in the perfect will of God, and he wasn't moving until God moved him. And he hung on to that verse, that scripture, turn eastward, when uh, he was telling Elijah, I guess, to turn eastward. And he felt that that was God telling him to turn eastward. And he turned eastward and took over, took Island Ford Baptist Church, and that church went on without Brother Hall, and that church prospered under Brother Hall's ministry for 27 years or so. But again, using these same precepts that I've preached to you tonight, proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Seek Him, transforming our mind. Don't be conformed to the world. We went to Romans 8. Be trans, be con, he's, be, he's conforming His images and the image of his son, but we've got to be transformed to the place in our minds to seek God's will in everything, to seek to prove God's will in our lives. What is his good will in our lives? What is his acceptable will in our lives? Are we lining up where God wants us to line up as our father with instructions? Are we lining up in our lives? Are we conforming to the image of Christ. Again, we're tiptoeing around the sanctification part. You know, well, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. He knows my heart. Well, yes, but man looketh on the outward appearance, and there is an outward appearance that God wants us to conform to. Jesus didn't look like the world. Jesus was, a, was holy. 
in his humanity. And we're to be conformed to his image. His walk, his talk, everything about him. And we're to transform our mind and get in that mind of thinking. The things we buy, the places we go, how we act, decisions about our families, what we do as a family, what we do, allow our children to do, see, go, what we do, see, and go. Is it God's will that we're looking at this? I wish I'd have asked myself the question. It's past summer. Is it God's will that we go here, do here, see this? And, and really think that way in every aspect of our life. I still... Fail to do that. But I try to do it more and more every day of my life. And I need these reminders in my own self to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that renewing, that's something that happens all the time. And, re and we need to get to that place where we think that way in our Christian walk, in our daily walk. And that's the message tonight. Hopefully it's been a blessing and a help to you.